Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful to me. Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful to me. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Lord, here I am this morning, God. Here I am, God. Here I am. Here I am, God. Here I am, God. I'm here. I'm here this morning, God, declaring that you are my Lord. You are my Savior. You are my King. Here I am, Father. Lord, as Tashina prayed, Father, Lord, you speak through me. You speak through me, Father. Let every word that are spoken be your words, God. Let no words, Father, God, be foreign words. Let no words, Father, be spoken that did not come from you. And so, Father, I thank you this morning for using me. I thank you for including me. I thank you for choosing me, God. I thank you, Father God, for demonstrating, Father, that you can use anything by using me. And so, Father, I just give you thanks. In Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. We continue the series that we started on the covenant commandment and the spirit. And this I titled part two. The last time we met, I asked the question, if restoring humanity divine re relationship is so important to God, why has he chosen and included you? I'll repeat, if restoring humanity the divine relationship is so important to God. Why has he chosen and included you? The last time I asked that question, I, I am hoping that you would have at least started to contemplate, at least go before the Lord and some, some form of understanding you're getting, you're receiving, you are now a little bit clearer than you were before the question was first asked. I pray that by the end of this series, you will better understand your purpose in God's plan of restoring humanity, the divine relationship with him. The text that I'll be looking at this morning is Jeremiah 31, verses 31 to 34, and it reads as follows. Jeremiah 31, verses 31 to 34. The day 
is coming, says the Lord. When I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. This covenant will not be like the one I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand and brought them out of the land of Egypt. They broke that covenant, though I love them as a husband loves his wife, says the Lord. But this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my instructions deep within them and I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people and they will not need to teach their neighbors nor will they need to teach their relatives saying, you should know the Lord for everyone from the least to the greatest will know me already, says the Lord. And I will forgive their wickedness and I will never again remember their sins. So the last time we met, we looked at the stipulations of the new covenant. And we recognize that it, the, the stipulations of the new covenant was that it had to be an unbroken, unbreakable promise. Jeremiah prophesied from the beginning and what he did, he highlighted the significance of the new covenant that God declared he will make with the people of Judah and the people of Israel. We, we, we recognize from reading Jeremiah 31, 31 to 34, that the covenant, this covenant that God is talking about is a new covenant. It is different from the old covenant in, in various ways. It was different in that it would last forever. The old covenant was broken because the ancestors, the ancestors disobeyed God and that old covenant was broken. God says, although I led them through Egypt and loved them as a husband, they broke it. The new covenant again is different from the old covenant in that in the old covenant, it was written on tablets of stones. But on this, in this new covenant, God, I was going to write it in their minds and I was going to write it on their hearts. That way, nobody can say, I, I am unaware. That way, no one can say, I, I do not know what is required. Because God said, I am now doing it my way. I am going to change the way that I did it. I'm going to write it on their minds, in their minds, and I'm going to write it on their hearts. God commits to be their God and they his people. No longer will the people of Israel and Judah teach their neighbors or instruct them to know the Lord. And, and if you think about it, they, it was God's intention that the Jews, that they be the selected people of God, that they would be the one who the Lord would use to, to teach the world about him. But we recognize even now how they are not inclusive. They, 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 they tend to keep it to themselves. And so God had to come in and interject and declare that there is a new way I'm going to do this. No longer will I need to teach you or you need to teach me, but God said, I'm going to write it on your, in your minds and I'm going to write it on your hearts. He says all people, not only the Jews, all people, whether you be Gentile, whether you be Jewish, whether you be female or male, whether you be old or young, whether you be tall or, or short, God says, all people from the least to the greatest 
will know him as God. Then this is the one, the, the, the one that gets me very excited. He says, and I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. I don't know if you're excited as I am. But God is saying this new covenant is so different that anywhere you are from, anything that you have done, there is a part. God has made it in a way that you too can come and partake. You too can be a part of this covenant that he has made with, with the people of Israel and the people of, Ju of, of Judah. Today, we want to focus on the second point that we, 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 we are looking at in this series. And the second point is the new covenant stipulates the new command as the path of righteousness. As a path of righteousness, the relationship between the old covenant and the new and the new covenant we will look at. We will also look at the relationship between the old sorry covenant and the new co co commandment, the old covenant and the old commandment, the new covenant and the new commandment. We will also define what it is. The, the path of righteousness and how does the new command or the new covenant stipulates the commandment as the path of righteousness jeremiah 31 31 to 34 i need, I need for us to, to 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 know that text so that you can see that god says i am i have made a new covenant that i'm writing on your hearts writing in your minds writing on your hearts I'll forgive you of your sins. I'll remember them no more. I'll be your God. No longer will you need to go to be taught. I will teach you. And so this new covenant stipulates that the new command, that the new command is the path of righteousness. So let us look at the old covenant, the command and righteousness. The old covenant, which we know is the Mosaic law. And that covenant was established by God with, with the ancestors of Israel and Judah through Moses on Mount Sinai. We saw, if you remember, if you, as a child, you see these, 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 these movies where Moses is going up to meet with God and he's coming down with, with, the, with the stone. And when he saw that the people were sinning, you could see he, he, he dropped the stone or just, he, he threw it down on the ground and it broke. But God is saying, how I'm doing it this time, it cannot be broken. So the old covenant, which we know as the Mosaic law, was established by God with the people of Israel, with the ancestors of Israel and Judah through Moses on Mount Sinai. The old covenant emphasized adherence to a set of laws and commandments known as the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments served as the foundational commandments for the moral and ethical standards by which the Israelites lived. So the Ten Commandments was what dictated how they lived and what they do. How they live. Thou shalt not command. Thou shalt not. Thou shalt not. And if you remember Exodus 21 to 17, thou shalt not. Thou shalt not. Those are the commandments by which they lived and the other 615 other laws. The commandments focused on external observ observance of the law. So it's all about the outward, what they did. 
how they looked, or how how they tied the thing on their heads, and and how they, they they carry their face, how they look somber. It was all external. They the, the Ten Commandments laid the groundwork for the people of Israel's religious practices. It, it was also their guide for their behavior. It established their relationship with God. It revealed the sin in their life because they would never have known what sin was like without the commandments. They didn't know that when you, when you, thou shall not sin, thou shall not this, thou shall not fornicate, thou shall not have any other God before me, thou shall not, they would never have known what sin was like. But through the Ten Commandments, sin was revealed. The Ten Commandments also established a temporary atonement for sin through animal sacrifices and promoted justice and holiness. And we can look at Exodus 24, verses 78, Leviticus 16, verses 34, Deuteronomy 6, verses 49, and Deuteronomy 28, verses 1 to 14. Through the old covenant, it was impossible to achieve righteousness. It was impossible to achieve righteousness because the old commandments were limited to men and women being obedient or, obser or observing the commandments and the laws. Le Leviticus 18 verse 5. The law was powerless to save because of the weakness of man's sinful nature. Romans 8 verse 3 tells us that although holy and good, the law could not completely remove sin or provide ultimate righteousness and therefore it revealed the limitations and shortcomings of human effort. So no matter how good the old co co covenant was with the old with the commandments, it was insufficient, it was inadequate, it was powerless, it was limited to achieve the righteousness that God has called humanity to, to restore them to divine relationship. The old commandments highlighted the need for a new and superior covenant that would address the inherent weaknesses of the old co covenant. So here it is that the, cov the old commandment already is saying that there is a loophole. We, I cannot accomplish all that God desires to accomplish with mankind. And so this made way for the new covenant, which is known as the better covenant with better promises established by Jesus Christ as the mediator. So let us look at the two. The old commandment is the mosaic. Old covenant, sorry, is a mosaic. And with the old covenant comes the Ten Commandments being the foundational commandment to which the Israelites lived. With this new cov covenant, we now have the new commandment. The old covenant was instituted or established with Moses on Mount Sinai. But here it is, this new covenant, which is called the better covenant and better promises, is now established by Jesus Christ as the mediator. With this new covenant came a new command. And according to John 13, verse 35, Jesus said to his disciples, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. 
John 13, verses 34 to 35. Again, in John 15, 9 to 12, the apostle John says, as the father has loved you, because that is Jesus speaking, as the father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in this love. If you keep my command, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you, you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. So this new command is saying love became the new command of the new covenant. Love became the standard by which the disciples should live. No longer was it the Ten Commandments. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy mind and with all thy soul and with all thy strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. God was now saying to his people, there's a new command to go with the new covenant. The new covenant is deeply rooted in the command to love. Jeremiah 31, 33 proclaims, I will put my laws in their minds and I will write it on their heart. That was God showing us. This is how God is saying, I am so loving my people that I am doing the work for them. No longer will you have to walk miles with a, with, with, with a goat or with a sheep or with pigeons. No longer will you have to ensure that these are not spotted animals. God says, I am going to do the work for my people. I'm going to write it in their minds and I'm going to write it on their hearts as a demonstration of my love towards them. The new command focuses on our love relationship. So no longer will it be mere outward, real outward behavior or outward compliance with rules, but it is an internal transformation of the inclinations of our hearts to align with God's will. It is a love that flows from a genuine personal relationship to God, from God, sorry, with God through Jesus by the Spirit expressed in actions that reflect Christ's love to others. So this is what the, the new covenant coming with the new command does. It allows love to flow, genuine love to flow. And now we are able now to have a personal relationship with God. But we can only have this through the mediator, Jesus. The new the mediator, the one who established the covenant. And this is done by the Spirit so that you and I can be able to experience God's love and in turn love others. According to Mark Fee, it is important that we are first loved by the Father through Jesus and by the Spirit before we are able to love others. You and I can't love unless we have been loved. The quality of the love that you, I can give you unless I experience love wouldn't, is not the quality that you are deserving. The quality of the love that we are deserving from each other is the quality of love that can only come through Jesus 
by the Spirit. We, you and I cannot do this of our own. We cannot love, give this agape love that God has called us to give to each other unless it is done through Jesus and by the Holy Spirit. So being loved first transform us. Our experiences are transformed. It replaces the negative experiences. When you think about it, if every day you experience loving actions and loving words through, through, through people that you meet daily as an expression of God's love to you, do you know what it does? You, you, you'll have someone cutting in on the road before you and you bless them. You'll have a bad co-worker or, or what could have been a bad day turning out to be a good day because, you're, because you're, your perspective has changed because you're in an environment of love. And so what is happening? You are being transformed on, from the inside out because of the experiences that are replacing the negative, the positive experiences replacing the negative experiences. Love produces loving actions. When you are being loved, it, it is difficult to be unloving when you are experiencing love. It takes, it, it takes a whole lot not to be loving when someone is spending the time to love you. Joy comes. Fun memories come because you are now replacing negativity with positivity. And what you know will have every time you think or reflect, you'll have positive experiences. So it produces loving, joyful, and fun memories, which we help, which will, which helps us to offer the same experiences to others. So when I experience the love of Christ through you, I'm able to go and love others so that they can experience the love of Christ through me. When you experience the love of God through me, because again, as I said, through Jesus and by the Spirit, not of, in, in and of my own, you are able to go and to be loving in situations that may seem hostile. You are able to go and love persons who in our minds would have been unlovable because you are being transformed. I am being transformed from the inside out. So we are able to give experiences, these experiences to others so that they can love by the spirit to reveal, to reveal God. The new command is characterized by selfless and sacrificial love as demonstrated by Jesus' sacrificial death on the cross. Jesus instructs his followers to love one another in the same way, the same way, the same way. God is saying, Jesus said, this, the same way I love you, love others this the same magnitude the same intensity the same quality of love that i give or i gave you go and give it to others so if receiving love is forgiveness he says go and forgive if receiving love is receiving compassion he says go and be compassionate if it is receiving mercy he said go and be merciful if it is being you receive kindness he says go and be kind Go and be gracious, whatever you have received, to the depth and the level and the intensity and the quality. He says, go and do likewise. The new command builds upon the foundation of the old commandments. In, the, in Matthew 22, 37 to 40, 
Jesus affirmed that all the commandments in the Old Testament of the law can be, can be summed up in, this, in, this, in the command to love God and to love others. With all of the 615 laws and commandments in the Old Testament, made up, by the, made up or not made up, God is saying that I have summed up that in two. Jesus says in two command to love God and to love others. In Romans 13, verse 8, Paul declares, let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For when we love others, we fulfill the requirements of God's law. Where people contemplate, are we still to be living according to the Ten Commandments? Are we still to be observing and and, and, and making uh, the Ten Commandments the foundation commandment by which we live or the standard by which we live. Paul in Romans 13 verse 8 says, when you and I love one another, we fulfill the requirements of God's law. Galatians 5 14 again Paul says, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one commandment, love your neighbor as yourself what is paul saying to us love love there this love this agape love fulfills the law it it, it makes it possible it, it meets the requirement it satisfies the requirements of god's law what do you think about that that god is saying that when you love his daughter, when you love his son, when you love his people, you fulfill the requirements of the law. There's a song I remembered when I was preparing this. He said, this is no ordinary love, no ordinary love. Some of us may not have known it because it's not a Christian song. This is no ordinary love. No ordinary love. It's not an ordinary love because it's not the little love that I'm on today and off tomorrow that I give to you when you are good. It's a love that goes beyond my understanding and ability to give as a human being. It's a love that I need Jesus. It's a love for me to, to do it. I need the Holy Spirit. It is no ordinary love. It's not a love that I can do because I'm feeling good. It's not a love that I do because today is a good day and I'm on top of the world. But when I'm down, I don't love you. No, it's a love that goes beyond my ability. That can only be done through Jesus and by the Spirit in me. So what is God saying to you and I today? This agape love. We cannot achieve it. We cannot have it. We cannot give it unless we are connected by the covenant. We are connected to Jesus through the covenant that he has established with the Father for us. This love is no odd, it is, it is extraordinary. It is no ordinary love. That's what the girl said. She said, I give you all that I have. And it's not even that love because it's not all much of yourself you can give. It is the quality of the love that you give. It's the divine love that God is saying to you. I want you to love so that you can reveal God to those you love. 
How can we reveal God? This agape love is the path of righteousness. And I looked at the preposition often. I said, when I, when, when I was preparing, I said, why did I choose offer the poster to? Because I could have said, it is the path to righteousness. Two signifies moving towards a direction. But off signifies that you are already righteous, but you're learning to maintain this path. So if you're unsaved, it is a true righteousness. But if you're a believer of Christ, it's a of righteousness because the Father has already declared you righteous. In Zephaniah 3, he says, I take off the, on the filthy garment and I replace it with the garment of righteousness. So if you're a believer, you're already righteous. But this agape love is signifying that you are, you are already righteous. But you are maintaining this path of on, maintaining this righteousness by being on the path of loving. The path of righteousness refers to a way of life that is in accordance with God's will and aligned with his righteous standard. It is a lifelong journey. So it's not something that we do today, on today, off tomorrow. No, it's a lifelong journey of obedience. The old covenant was one of obedience by, to, by observing the law. This one is an obedience by conforming to the image of God to fulfill his purpose in the world. Notice the difference. The old covenant, it was out, outward or external modification. This new covenant says you conform, you become like Christ, likeness of Jesus. It is a lifelong journey of obedience, faithfulness, integrity, right living, communion with God to conform. Imagine God is working in you and he's working in me. And all he's trying, to, he's doing, he's trying, he's achieving is the likeness of Christ. That when he sees you and when he sees me, what he sees is his son. The characteristics of his son. Not that I'm going to look like Jesus, whatever he looks like when he walk on earth. But he see the characters. He'll see love flowing out of me. He'll see kindness flowing out of me. He'll see gentleness and, and goodness. And he'll see all those things, peace and all those things, all those attributes flowing out of me naturally because of who lives inside of me. Love is the path of righteousness because it encompasses and surpasses all other commandments no matter how much you practice the ten commandments no matter how many times or how long or how you try there is a loophole you cannot do it it is your it is insufficient to meet the requirements of god but love does as the path of righteousness, love requires that you and I cultivate a personal and intimate relationship with God. 
making him the center of our lives and allowing him to guide our thoughts, our actions, and our decisions. As the path of righteousness, love guides, it directs, and it transforms our minds, our hearts, our desires, our priorities, our perspectives, and our relationships. When you and I truly love, we align ourselves with God's righteousness. We align ourselves with God's nature and God's standard, and we demonstrate his character in our actions and in our attitudes. When you and I are loving, the agape kind of love because of the Holy Spirit who live on the inside of us to produce that love. We don't have to wonder how we're going to act. We don't have to wonder what our reactions will be. We don't even have to count to 10 in advance, to count to 10, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 10, to calm us down. No, what will flow out of us naturally is love. I don't have to wonder if when the bills come to be paid, if I have Jesus, if I have the Holy Spirit inside of me, I don't have to wonder what will come out at the end of the month, if it is worry or praise. Because my mindset will be changed. My attitude will be different. My desire will be the things of God. My priorities and my perspective will change. I will be transformed from the inside out. As the path of righteousness, love is a powerful motivator for righteous living. When we genuinely love God or desire to please him and to honor his command compels us to extend forgiveness and mercy, to show kindness, to be respectful, to offer help, to act in integrity and to seek justice on behalf of others. Love. Love as a motivator transforms. It changes the me, the me, 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 me. It's all about me. Love changes that. It's no longer about me. It's about us. How can I love my sister? How can I love my brother? As the path of righteousness, love helps us to let go of selfishness. They say the human being is inherently selfish. But when we have the love of the Father inside of us, we are no longer selfish. We become selfless. We become sacrificial in our love, in, in the way we love. Pride and anger is replaced with humility, gentleness, and patience. You want to check your, your, your reactions or your actions in the times when you feel the need to be unloving, check what happens. There's a cry out for self. There's self crying out, say, meet me, meet me. I need my, I need my needs met. Self has a way of coming up and saying, I need this done. I need my needs met. But when you have that agape love, that's leading you to the path of, righteous, of righteousness. You no longer think about me, myself, and I. We now think about others. At the path of righteousness, love 
helps us use our gifts, talents, and resources to glorify God and bless others. I remember many years ago, I went to God complaining. I said, God, people call me only when they want to pray. When I hear my phone ring, I know some persons who called me then years ago was just because they needed someone to pray for them and they needed me to pray. And I, and, and I felt, I, I resented it. And I said, they only call me when they need me to pray. They only call me when they need this. And God said to me, so what, what, why, why, did I, why did I give you the gifts? Why did I allow you to pray? Why did I allow you to be able to come into my presence? Do you think it's only for you? Do, have you ever seen a mango tree eat, eating, eating a mango? Have you ever seen an avocado tree eating an avocado? No, the gifts and the talents and the resources that God has given us is to glorify him and to bless others. Love causes us to want to be there for others. Love causes us to want to know what's happening to others so that we can bless them in whatever way we can. Maybe blessing them is praying. Blessing them is maybe just taking a call just to hear, how are you? Blessing them may just be there, just a call, just a telephone call, just touching base. Don't have a need, but just touching base. And God is saying to us, when we have that agape love, we offer all of who we are and all that we have to him so that he can get the glory and others can be blessed. At the path of righteousness, love helps us to stay committed to God and enables us to preserve, persevere, and endure the trials, temptations, and oppositions. Love does all of that. Can you believe it? Your love for God caused you to go through the trials. Last week, the Lord reminded me. Well, not reminded me, told me. He says, remember, everything that I create, I create with a purpose. And so even Satan, that is a nuisance to all of us. He said, I created it, him with a purpose. Without Satan, you and I will never understand what perseverance looks like. So our purpose would never, we would never have achieved our purpose. Without Satan, you and I would never understand what it feels like to be victorious because we would never have anything to any, anyone who is going against us, right? Without Satan, you and I would never know what it is like to have opposition. So God is saying to you and I, because of the love that I have placed in you, you are able to stay committed to him, God, so that you can overcome Satan fulfilling his purposes. Your purpose can be fulfilled because you are now overcoming. You are now looking at a trial. You are looking at a temptation. And you are declaring self-control. Self-control. I would never understand what self-control is unless I have the temptations to overcome. Mango season. I really like to eat a dozen mango. Because I love mangoes, but I have to reduce it sometime to six. Is that self-control for me? Of course it is. Maybe not for you, but it is for me. 
God is saying to you, when we stay committed to him, even little things like eating mangoes, we can persevere and we can overcome and we can endure. When I see the mangoes coming in and someone will call me or someone will bring me some mangoes and everything in me say, eat the mangoes today and don't eat any food. Because I know anybody who knows me well, no, I don't deal with tomorrow, I deal with today. But I have to exercise self-control. It therefore means that you and I can fulfill every demand of God's moral law when we genuinely love others. You may question that, but let me remind you of what Romans 8 says. 13 verse 8 says, let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For when we love others, we fulfill the requirements of God's law. What law are they talking about? When we love, we don't have to wonder. We don't, we don't need Exodus 20. When we, are, when we love, genuinely love, God don't have to tell us that we should not have any other gods but him. When we really love, we don't, we don't even desire to bow down before any other thing to worship it because we are committed to God. When we love, we don't have to misuse the Lord's name in vain. When we love, we remember the Sabbath day and we keep it holy. When we love, we honor our father and our mother. When we love, we do not have to commit murder, whether that be physical or with our tongues or in our minds. We do all, a lot of that we do. We do a lot of murdering in our minds and in our, with our tongues. When we love, we do not have to commit adultery. We have no other God that we put before God. When we love, there's no need to deceive, no need to lie, no need to steal. We no need to be jealous, no need to be envious. God is saying to you and he's saying to me today, the new commandment that he has, the new covenant that he has provided for us stipulates the new command as the path of righteousness. What is that new command? If you remember, the new command is love. Love as you have been loved. So what does that require for you and I going forward? We have to ensure that we are being loved first. Ensure that each day you seek the presence of the Savior to experience his love. Each day, find the time to be with your maker so that you can experience his love. Because when you have experienced love, it is easier to go and love but when you have not experienced love what we do we gripe we complain we grumble we become revengeful we become all of the different negative things that we can become we become but when we experience love we are transformed from the inside out 
or experiences are replaced. All the bad things that happen to you in life, God comes alongside you and he replaces your experiences so that you know what it feels like to be loved, so that you can draw back on those moments of being loved when you find yourself in, a, in an unloving situation. My sisters and my brother, God is saying to us today, I have given you a new command. Love as love. And that is the path of righteousness. So Father, we just thank you this morning. We praise your name and we acknowledge you as our king and our creator. Father, there is none like you. None like you. Father, I thank you for loving me. I thank you for making a new covenant so that I can experience your love and also be loving. I thank you that this morning, Father, I don't have to worry about my sins because I don't have to worry about taking bulls and cows and goats and sheep and pigeons to atone for my sins. But today I can sit right where I am, recognizing that, Lord, you have loved me to the place that you have forgiven me of all my sins. Not only have you forgiven me, but you remember them no more. And so, Father, I thank you for this new covenant. I thank you for the change. I thank you for what it, how, how, how empowered we are today because of this new covenant. I thank you for the doors that are open because of this new covenant. I thank you for the experiences I can have because of this new covenant. I thank you that I can come into your presence because of this new covenant. I thank you, Father God, that I can be, I, I, I can be redeemed because of this new covenant. And so, Father, I thank you. I thank you for what you have done for us long in advance, Father. When we did not know that we needed it, you went ahead and you put it in place for us. And so we say thank you this morning. Father, may our lives reflect the new command. May we be the people that are known as the loving people. May we be known, Father God, for our love. May we be known, Father, the scripture says, John 13, verse 35 says, and by love you will be known that we are the disciples of Christ. God, may we be known, God. May not people question who we are. May they not question you Question about you, question about you because of my lifestyle, because of my action, because of my thoughts, God. But may they see that you're a loving God because of the way we live. May love become the path of our righteousness. May love be from the place, Father, from which we give compassion, show compassion. May love be the hallmark and the very essence of who we are, God. Father. Let the world know. Those we come in contact with, let our neighbors, those we meet in the supermarket, those that we drive alongside on the road, may they know you by our love. Father, we thank you this morning. And we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>